should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book. You can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Grandmother's Book Club Podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Because apparently, not being part of the Writers Guild is a barrier to going on strike from your own podcast. <laughs> my name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co host, Benedict, who is holding a particularly vulgar protest sign as we sit here now. Benedict, what American city, other than the one you live in, has the best food? Uh, that's a good question. I've never. Mm. You've I've been never... to Chicago. Yeah, for like a prob- day or probably, two. <laughs> probably Chicago. You've probably been to Chicago. Baltimore. You've been to Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. You've been to Philly. Other, other places have specific good foods. Yeah. I think like so, like the crab in Baltimore is obviously seafood, very good, etc. Very, very good. good. Philly has its cheesesteaks, amazing, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago, also, you know, the, the uh, Philly. It's Philly. It's got you know Italian neighborhoods and things yeah. like that. Sure. So does Chicago. Chicago has. That thing they call pizza, um, <laughs> which is good, to be we're fair. We're not getting like, into that debate. No, we're not no, getting we're not into that, that debate. Yes, no. sometimes you just want to be completely blocked up with cheese yeah. and sauce. Yeah. I, I actually, I think the most underrated food, because it gets hated on a lot, is probably DC, honestly. You know, I think D- you can get good food in DC. DC is a city of many fine restaurants. I will go to my deathbed claiming that DC has some of the world's greatest local food culture on the planet. Yeah. And um, it's not like not I'm not talking about like the steakhouses which obviously are good and fine mm-hmm. like the traditional like you know the yeah, the grill and the politicians. Not there, but like some of the actual restaurants and food places. Okay, old Ebbett Grill is not a steakhouse. Did you just call it no, a steakhouse? No, I said it's a, it's a hangout. It's, it's, it's like a, a diner it's like a, next to the White House. It's not a diner. It's better than a diner. <laughs> we we had breakfast sandwiches know, there it's once. It's not a diner. It's better than a diner. It's, <laughs> yeah, not it's a, a little better than a diner. It's better than a diner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is a it's a place that people go, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a destination in DC. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I I'll say, having lived there for three years of my life, that outside of the tourist stuff, what I'm talking about, the local food culture of DC is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, from everything from so DC has its own uh, uh, sausage uh, uh-huh. half smoke, uh, which you can get at a number of of establishments around the city. But there's one, and I. I forget the name of it, even though I lived right down the street from it uh, for most of the time I was there, um, is is like the famous joint for it. Uh, uh-huh. And then there's just, of course, all sort of, there's Ethiopian restaurants and Some great Indian, Indian restaurants. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just fantastic stuff. All I love DC. I miss DC yeah, so much. See, but that's not my easy, answer. This is an easy question for you because the answer for you is New York. No. <laughs> you don't live in New York. No. The answer for me is San Francisco. The Bay Area, baby. That's where I'm no. from. That's where that's where I came up at no. Berkeley. You're from hey, fucking Sacramento, look. dude. Don't <laughs> relax. I, let me tell you, California. That's like someone from Albany being look, like New you, York City, you baby. Shut the fuck up. Snobby New Yorkers with your Chinese takeout. You don't know what real Chinese takeout is, okay? We have it on the West Coast. You don't fucking have it in New York City, okay? We know what real Chinese takeout is. The okay. good stuff. Uh-huh. The stuff that makes your eyes bleed. That's, because I've, it's so spicy. That, I, yes, I have had Sichuan food. Um, 
There was. Yeah. Did I ever take you? I don't think I took you when you were there to the uh, Indonesian noodle restaurant um, no. on the main no. drag in Berkeley. Oh, no. God, it was literally like nobody could eat higher than like the medium, the medium heat that they had. Yeah, that noodles. happens to me in Thai restaurants Ooh. sometimes because I like spicy food, but then they're like, no, it's spicy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Look at your skin. No, yeah. no, you shouldn't order the spicy one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, they have spicy and then Thai spicy, which is like the, uh, <laughs> entirely okay. different scale. Yeah. Yeah, of different different it's like a, the richter scale scoville where, like, is ten, crying in his grave yeah yeah 10 is like 10 times hotter than nine it's a log it's a log scale of heat mm-hmm. but san francisco also has its own unique san franciscan cuisine right the california food scene uh that came up around the bay area with uh, uh, uh alice waters and chefs like that the french laundry all that stuff, lots of great food out there, the the local fresh produce and all that stuff you can get out there in the Bay Area. And then stuff like Chipino, just the recipe, Chipino and sourdough bread is heaven on You don't earth. get to claim sourdough bread. Yes, if San Francisco fucking does. Yeah, hell thing. yes it, it does. Sure, that, okay, that's like me being like, yeah, pizza is from new york which san I guess francisco kind of is. sourdough is a thing it is a yeah legit but it's like thing. french sourdough came first so i don't care i don't care okay. don't fine. care french That's baguettes fine. and a true sourdough baguette are two entirely different experiences yeah true and the french san invented francisco, both <laughs> true san francisco sourdough will make your mouth pucker with its sourness that is the difference between your french baguette and a San I Francisco didn't say French sourdough. baguette. I said French sourdough. It's a different thing. <laughs> Entirely different thing. Like I said. Anyways, Benedict. That's fine. Uh, let's, you probably let's, know. Let's keep going. You probably know what it is that we do here. Uh, and some folks, folks who have never enjoyed a true San Francisco sourdough, they may not know what exactly it is that we do here on this program. Or them, I would say, this show where we go deep, 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 plumb the depths of right wing thought by reviewing a chapter from work of conservative nonfiction and in between taking a look at other examples of the right doing their best to make America hate again. Start us off, Benedict. Do you have a hot take for us this week? Yeah. Have you seen this thing? It was doing the rounds. Hey, on you seen this? You seen this thing? You seen this thing? Hey, you guys. Yeah, you seen this? I didn't know. <laughs> this is me turning into Jay Leno. Um, <laughs> the, apparently, people do, like, fake British accents. The Guardian <laughs> wrote about this. And, like, Wait, you, pati- this is like that guy. Okay. I remember a few years ago. There was like the fake royal wedding expert. No, who was no, like no. from this Connecticut is, or something. No, this is this is just like the Guardian wrote an article about like people doing like fake British accents when yeah. they're stressed. Johnny Depp, I get it. Yeah. No, just when, well, yeah, when they're on trial for uh, <laughs> terrible things. Um, let me hold on. Let me let me pull up the article because okay. it is very. It is when very they're funny. distressed, so you yeah. all of the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm actually American. Uh, one of the people cited in the article is Critter Fink, which is, who is a 26-year-old New Yorker who works in high-end retail. Says, speaking in a British accent can soften the blow of a dark joke. Okay. Quote, when you slightly change how you say things with a little accent, it gives you space from a stressful thing. It's similar to when you add lol to the end of a dramatic text. It gives uh-huh. you distance, which I would like to say, don't steal that from us. That's the only thing we have left. <laughs> Our uh, ironic distance from the mean things we say is the only thing that's uniquely ours. uh Don't take that away from me. Uh, That's my hot take. It's like the the Pete Holmes joke um, about how British people have the ultimate way to just just string along any conversation. We're just like, oh, sad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just that sort of thing. Uh, Yeah, anyway, I'll send you the article. You can put it in the show notes. It's very funny. 
<laughs> so someone said, "I love how much joy this is apparently." Yeah, so some some tech worker was like, uh, "She <laughs> asked her manager for support at work." She says, "I said it's affecting me mental health, isn't it?" And my boss was like. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? I think it adds levity to a vulnerable situation. Because it's affecting her mental health, isn't it? The tougher the conversation, the more cockney she becomes. <laughs> I like that it's cockney in particular. Oh, bruv, it's affecting me mental health, isn't it? <laughs> I love to see some, just some... 32 year old tech worker transform into Stormzy because they're having a bad day. <laughs> uh, Stormzy's, Stormzy's uh, yeah, Stormzy's South London. He's not quite Cockney. But... Oh, it's close. Oh, to it's my fine. ears, it's, close, it's look, all it's the close same. Enough. It's close enough. You people all sound the same to me. <laughs> wow. Wow. What's your hot take? Apart from that you're a racist. <laughs> um, uh, my take benefit. Uh, my name is Earl remains an absolute golden shining gem of a television show. Here's the thing with that show. I've mm. only watched it with Spanish dub, <laughs> which is very weird. Yeah. Cause it came out when I was, well, it came out like 2005, was, 2005. Yeah. So it came out when I was like, not quite ready for it. I think mm. as a, a, like, uh, just as a thing to watch, I like, I just wasn't I wasn't Americanized enough for me yeah. to be like, yeah, this is something I should watch because it was on like the weird TV channels in the UK. It was on like <laughs> one of the satellite channels that you had to pay extra for or something. But then, like when I was on my year abroad in Spain, which was like many years after it came out, it, it was still popular in Spain for some reason. It's so they of the just mustache. they it's just had four-hour marathons of My Name Is Earl. You know, like we do with friends here and yeah. stuff like that. They had My Name Is Earl on just for hours at a time in a Spanish dub. It was so weird. I love My Name Is Earl with a passion. Yeah. It is an under-served uh, and underappreciated show. Um, and, uh, Jose, YouTuber Jose just did, uh, one of his many video essays about, uh, TV shows of the past several decades about, uh, my name is Earl. I watched it. I loved it. You should go check it out because that show, I think I started watching it maybe after it had been canceled because it got a lot of reruns. Uh, it only got like four seasons and then it was just on reruns for like the next decade. What's um, the premise? Is he, he's like moral, something to do with morality. He's, he's a bad guy, right? Yeah. He's in, at the very beginning. He's like a bad guy. He's like stealing and stuff and, and, yeah. you know, mean to everybody. Um, and then he wins uh, the lottery and gets hit mm. by a car. And while he's in the hospital, sees Carson Daly on TV mentioned karma and then he becomes obsessed. Oh, with he tries the idea to reset his karma, right? He's trying to do good things because then okay. good things happen to him. So it's, it's like it's like the obvious canonical prequel to The Good Place. Basically, <laughs> I'd love to see that they were in the same universe. I'd love to imagine they were in the same universe. Exactly. Uh, but it's it's delightful, particularly. Can you because... imagine if the god of The Good Place is just <laughs> Earl? <laughs> God, they should have ended the show that way. They should have. Uh, would it would have been, been so a lot funny. less tears at the finale of that show if they just ended it. With, if they had just ended it with Jason Lee standing there with his mustache. That would have been great. That would have been great. Uh, should we show just was do great. this episode? This seems fun. Uh, it is. But the cast Rehash was amazing. The cast of that show is amazing. And Nadine Velasquez was one of my early crushes. Uh, right, uh, mid two thousands. Uh, when when that show was on, uh, she was she was very very. Uh, 
uh, um, she made weird things happen to me uh-huh. as a young child. Uh, <laughs> That's weird. Um, they're both Look, NBC. I am running on four hours of sleep, the, so if the, I say weird please, things, please, today, please ignore anything weird Kevin says this episode. <laughs> also, ignore anything weird I say this episode. I don't have an excuse. I just sometimes say yeah, weird just things. Weird sometimes. Um, they are both NBC properties, so they could easily have done that ending, and it would have been great. Mm. Was Greg Garcia involved in the Good Place? Uh, I don't, I don't know if think he was. So. I don't but think I feel so. like he should have been. Anyways, Bennett, why don't we, you know, actually do the thing we're here for? Um, even though we're we're you know we're dragging it on. It's fine. <laughs> on to housekeeping, Bennett. Yep. Remember to rate and review us on the iTunes. Follow us on the social medias at NYGBC Pod on Twitter and at NYGBC Ben. Uh, updates. So I have I have one update this week. Uh, one of our listeners, a new patron, as a matter of fact, commented on one of our recent uh, episodes on Patreon, um, very rudely, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Uh, I understand what you were going for, but I also funny. understand why you edited the comment. That <laughs> <laughs> no, was funny. I liked uh, it. I enjoyed it. Kevin was like, did someone just come become a patron specifically to insult me? Honestly, if that person had deleted honestly, the pledge like five minutes after they joined, that would have been just epic ball. A perfect troll. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but thank you for being a patron. Yes. Uh, if more people want to become patrons specifically to insult Kevin, we will take it. Honestly. <laughs> We'll get to patrons in a moment, but this person uh, took issue with my my mention of the liar liar story that Uh I was told on my cruise by someone I was talking to. Uh, And they told me to look up the case of David Bailey. Now, Benedict, as it happens, if you Google David Bailey... He's a photographer. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna get far. You're not gonna get. <laughs> yeah. far. You have to add some other words to that that particular search in order to figure this out. But uh, David Bailey, as it turns out, is a guy who sued a homeowner in 2017 uh, after he was shot by that homeowner for running away from the man's home after he had tried to, you know, take some stuff out of the garage. It seems. Um, so, problem initially for me as a lawyer, what we do a lot of times is we distinguish cases. We point out how the case that the opponent is trying to rely on is not the same as the case before the court and the facts of the matter that are at issue. That's distinguishing a case. <clears throat> the liar liar story involves a claim that someone who was attempting to burgle a home fell through the roof onto a knife that was on the kitchen counter and then successfully sued the homeowner. This for... one is about a dude getting shot as he. This is about a guy getting shot as he's running away from a guy's house yeah. where he was in the garage. He also contested that he was ever in the garage. Um, the homeowner also was charged for shooting at the guy and apparently, based on one news story I found, convicted for shooting the guy as he was running away because you can't shoot at someone who's running away from you and doesn't pose a threat. Oh, you That's can. That, that guy did. Well, you, you can, Benedict. <laughs> you indeed can. Thank you, fourth grade teacher, Benedict. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Are we getting annoyed about being pe- people being pedantic now, Mr. Yes, I are. work as a lawyer? <laughs> yes, we are indeed. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the point I had in bringing up the liar liar story is not that there are not bad lawsuits filed. Uh, this guy had this lawsuit filed. He had some grounds for filing this lawsuit. He was shot as he was running away. That's not justified. Um, 
and bad lawsuits do get filed. Often they're filed pro se. Attorney will, an attorney will refuse to take them, so someone will file it on their own. Usually it gets dismissed. This case was dismissed. I did pull up the case on Indiana's uh, mycase.in.gov, which is their case search website, and it was dismissed in 2018 after the defendant's lawyers, with, or the, the plaintiff's, Mr. Bailey's, lawyers withdrew from the case, and he just didn't show up to any hearings. So that's, that's what eventually happened in this case. It is, was it because he'd been shot? You know, I have to imagine probably it wasn't going very well. Uh, you're not likely to get a jury to be sympathetic when you were, you know, breaking into a guy's home, even if the guy shot you in an unjustified manner or a way that may be illegal. Uh, but so, you know, the liar, liar story, it was told to me by this guy on the cruise almost verbatim. And that is, that is what pisses me off about it. Come up with a different fake story or use the David Bailey story. Use yeah, a story like that. That's a better story. And you can, of course, distort it like everyone who's against tort, who is in favor of tort reform, uh, which is just a, a, a made up, you know, folk, uh, uh, you know uh, focus group word uh, for making it harder to sue people for justifiable lawsuits uh, in order to protect big business. But, you know, they could tell the David Bailey story and they could just say, you know, robber broke into my sister's garage and and she shot him self-defense and he sued her and won even though that's not what actually happened in this case but don't tell me the liar liar story don't tell yeah. me because i know the liar liar story and <laughs> don't tell me the mcdonald's anyway. coffee story because then i'm going to spend 10 minutes to you explaining to you how that woman had burns on her legs that required she have, like, skin second grafts. degree burns yeah she, she required had awful skin burns. grafts from the burns yeah. from that coffee and she only wanted mcdonald's to pay her medical bills which they refused it was the jury who decided to award her what was one day's worth of coffee sales revenue or not revenue i think it was just profits at mcdonald's which was the one or two million dollars they awarded it was later reduced that's how that works just just anyway don't tell thank- me those stories that everyone does i hate them so much thank That's you for thing. sharing i did patients. enjoy the con no please if, if you if there's something like this point it out to me because i love to check into these sorts of things that's my weird you know it goes along with all my other weird hobbies so i'm not mm-hmm. mad at the patron who brought this up i'm just pointing out that it's it to me as a lawyer it's not it's not similar to the liar liar story um and it's it's not uh it's not the liar liar story right this happened in 2016 liar liar came out in like 1993 or something i don't mm-hmm. know do we have any spooky new world new world spooky world order yes we you? do ben look thanks yeah. for trying to move me along here that's okay look somebody has to <laughs> Benedict, we have some inductees into the spooky world new world order including two new patrons Ooh. starting with madeline and i guess technically it's three yeah because someone you know i consider this cheating I really do consider this cheating. Madeline and Zachary Wilson Fetro. Just kidding. We love you all. You are now part of our New World Spooky World Order. And also, welcome so very, welcome so very much. Yep, that's it. Keep roll with it. Let's go. Bobo D. Bear, you are now part of our New World Spooky World Order. And of course, we have to also give a warm welcome into the Spooky World New World Order to someone who uh, promoted the show on Twitter. XDD Mega Doodoo. People. People, you make me read these names. You make me read these names. I don't choose to read these names. You do good things, and then I have to read these names. (laughs) At English Hurler on Twitter, you are now part of our New World Spooky World Order. Also, you you missed Chili, who was the the, uh, David Bailey person. Did I? I, uh, How did I? I, Wait, didn't we do that last week? No, Chili's new. Chili, I am sorry that I, I don't know how I didn't put it on the list. I must have screwed up. But Chili, you are now part of our 
New World Spooky World Order. Thank you all oh so very much, of course. And if you would like to join the Spooky World New World Order, bleh, you can tweet or post about the show on social media, recommend it to others, send me a screenshot or tag us in it. Leave us a five-star review wherever you can and drop me a screenshot to let me know. Make a donation to a worthwhile charity, become a patron, or just get my attention with something good. We should make that one of the patron levels, is like gets to yell at Kevin one time. <laughs> <laughs> just gets to send an audio file that I play on air of someone yelling at me about whatever they want. <laughs> Yeah, Maybe. I'll consider it. We'll, we'll talk about it in our off-air meeting that we have. Those meetings. Yeah, because this is such show. a well-run and uh, <laughs> thought-through show. As we record six hours before this episode is supposed to release for patrons. Only for patrons. Yeah, fine. Uh, but better. <clears throat> as you know, and as the listener probably knows from the title of the podcast, uh, things did not go as planned once again this week. Uh, I had uh, a bunch of work dropped on me on Friday for a hearing that took place earlier today, which explains why I was up till 4 a.m. last night and then had to get up and go to court, and and now I'm here doing this very tired. Uh, So I was not able to prepare for the show the way I would have liked to, and that means that we're doing a Prager Roulette. But, Benedict, uh, it's a bit different than Prager Roulettes we've done in the past, and I'll tell you why. One of the reasons is that we only have two videos this week. Oh, okay. Two videos. And one of these videos... So I can't get bored of them and tell you to wrap it up? Exactly. One of these yeah. videos is not really a Prager Roulette. It's just something that made me laugh so hard I could not not put it on the okay. show. It's something so ridiculous I could not help but put it on the show. Okay, let's do and, that second. Then. Well, no, we're going to start with that. We're okay. going to start with that. Right. That's what we're starting right. with. That's right. the other change this week. You don't get a choice in the order of clips this week. It's then this all isn't a Prager roulette show. You know what? You should go join the writer's strike then. Uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I, to be fair, last week I basically did. My face was <laughs> melting. I didn't say anything really. You'd get a, a whole thing about Joe Arpaio Boy, and I went, that, uh-huh. That was, that's the other thing is that I really need just to enjoy the episode this week. Uh, okay. I really need some fun in my life and we're going to have some fun here today, Bennett. So okay. have you ever heard of a man named Randy McNally? Yes. Have you? How have I you have. heard of him? I don't know, but the name know. the name sets alarm bells ringing in if every I fiber of my being. If I said the word Tennessee, would that help with your alarm bells? No. What if I said Lieutenant Governor of yes. Tennessee, yes, Randy yes. McNally? Yes, does yes. that ring any alarm yes, bells yes, for does. you? Yes, yes, it does. It does. It does. It does. It does. <laughs> so this story is about two months old now. Uh, it's from back in March, but Benedict, this was so ridiculous, I could not help it. Because the clip we're going to play, and I'm going to play you the beginning of the clip right here, and it Yeah, it's yeah. Amazing. Okay, yeah, John, Just John wait. Oliver. Don't spoil John, it. John Don't Oliver did it. this, I think. Okay. What do you hope comes out of this? Well, I think I'll be a lot more careful about <laughs> using social media. So, Benedict, do you now remember exactly what this is about? I, I know exactly what this is about, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what this is about. Uh, so, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna let, <laughs> let the lieutenant governor speak for himself. And well, the, I'm gonna the... tell you. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the story before we actually okay. get into the clip. So this comes from a story posted by the Tennessee Holler on March 8th, 2023. Uh, Tennessee Holler, by the way, great progressive news site in Tennessee. Uh, always uh, uh, holding those assholes there in check to the best extent that they can. But the story begins quote. 
Tennessee is currently leading the nation in anti-LGBTQ hate. With 26 anti-LGBTQ bills moving through the legislature, last week Governor Lee made news nas- made national news for quickly signing a cruel trans youth healthcare ban and the nation's first drag show felony bill, which threatens to lock up drag performers. What made the bill even more absurd was the revelation that Governor Lee himself had dressed in drag on a school campus in front of minors back in 1977. Drag for me, felony for thee. Great line. Great line. But it continues. Ahem. Skipping down a little ways. Enter Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally, who it turns out has been leaving open oh has been openly leaving heart emojis and other encouraging comments under very, which is italicized, racy pics on the Instagram page of a young gay male aspiring performer named Franklin. And I'm not gonna give this guy's last name because I don't, you know, I, I don't I don't want to put his business out there. His name has been reported, and I don't need to put his last name out there for anyone. Uh, who wants it, they can go look it up. Who grew up in Knoxville, it continues. Uh, McNally is from Oak Ridge, but represents part of Knoxville where he lives with his wife, Janice. They have two adult daughters. McNally is Roman Catholic. And, Benedict, I'm going to send you the story right now because I want you to see the pictures in question. I, I need you to understand what we mean when we say racy pics of a young gay man I, on Instagram. I, I, because of the story... <laughs> I have already seen the pics. Important qualifier there, huh? <laughs> I mean, who cares? But yeah, that's why I've seen the Now, pics. Benedict, we need to have a 30-minute conversation about twinks before we get into this <laughs> next part. <laughs> um, there is no other word that describes Franklin than twink. Um, perhaps twunk or twonk. Uh, I don't know. But these are... This this is a young, very gay man posing almost usually mostly entirely nude in the photos in question that Lieutenant Governor McNally is posting on. And um Yes, with yeah. the waist waistband rolled down normally. Whoa. Is, the... is that rolled down or is it almost pulled, pulled entirely yeah. off? Yeah. <laughs> uh the other one that caught my eye, uh, for many many reasons, um, there's this thing with with like leggings that they do now and i'm not a physicist so i don't i don't understand how it works but like extra elastic that pulls the leggings into the butt crack okay do you understand what i'm talking about i don't know how it works i'm looking at the picture so yes but that's the only way i can describe this next photo here (laughs) on the page that lieutenant governor mcnally who commented on uh, below that, we have just... Is that the, sh- the one that he commented, uh, heart, 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 fire, fire, fire? Yes, it is. Then, yes, okay, it is. Cool, yeah, just yes. checking. He also, on that one, he also commented, Finn, you can turn a rainy day into rainbows and sunshine. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that that's the gist of what we're getting here, Ben. We're getting, and it should go without saying, the lieutenant governor of Tennessee is a Republican. Um... And sure. <laughs> Tennessee, not particularly known for its open and welcoming, ar- welcoming arms for the LGBTQ plus community at the moment. Um, now, I do want to qualify all this by saying that if if Lieutenant Governor uh, McNally is, you know, just a, a pansexual man or bisexual or gay or whatever, and he has to live this closeted life and that's what led him to this, I have absolute sympathy for the man as someone who myself once was closeted in my own life absolute sympathy for him and and that's you know there's there's nothing funny about people being forced into the closet 
What's funny is the interview he decided to do in the wake of this, which is fucking ridiculous, <laughs> and we're going to watch Benedict. Okay. So here we go. Amid a sudden uproar over his provocative social media interactions, Tennessee Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally sits down this afternoon to answer Phil Williams' questions about the controversy. Good evening, everyone. I'm Rory Johnston. Carries off tonight. Now, those social media Great. interactions with a young gay model brought accusations of hypocrisy against the East Tennessee Republican and countercharges that he's become the victim of a left-wing attack. Well, Archie now, sorry. I <laughs> what? Left-wing attack? Well, I'm sure it's because it was the Tennessee Holler who posted this. No, which is but a progressive like, site. did what? Posted your social media comments <laughs> online? Like... You know, I, and I got to say this because we do need to police our own. Uh, I'm sure there are people who, whether unthinkingly or ca casually and cruelly or whatever, uh, you know, said shit about Lieutenant Governor McNally um, that that was, you know, unintentionally or maybe intentionally, uh, you know, uh, uh, bigoted about, you know, homophobic or whatever that that, that, that might have happened. That comes from our side sometimes. People often do it just not thinking about it because we have ingrained in us as a society the idea of macho masculinity and mm. this being being feminine, being into men and all this sort of stuff, and that's bad and wrong and gross and whatever. That happens. I'm sure there was some of that out there. But you are correct. All that happened was that people pointed out his activity, which he has not denied, and in fact verifies in this interview. Our chief investigative reporter, Phil Williams, has covered McNally for more than 30 years, and he has the exclusive details with the man who says his posts reflect his evolving views on the LGBTQ community. Okay, that's one thing, Benedict. Having evolving views, maybe you see a, a Pride March post on Instagram, and you're like, I'll give that a like or a yeah. heart. I'm not, in, I'm not on Instagram. I don't know what the reacts are. I don't know how it works. I'll give um, that a heart. But when all of your comments are on thirst trap photos of twinks, I don't Listen, know if that's exactly an it's this man's view. this man's view. <laughs> if he wants to type fire, fire, flames on, <laughs> on, on lingerie pics, that is up to him. If he wants to do seven eggplants in a row and then a bunch of those water drips, listen, if his views are evolving towards that, that is his right, King. They are evolving and they are evolving closer to Ooh. dad ass. <laughs> My views are getting evolving closer and closer to dad ass every day. Initially, I was not very kind to that community. As I learned some things and met some people in that community, I mean, I what what is this dude's record on? It's not great. Yeah, it is not great. Seems, yeah. Um, I will note that the Tennessee Holler story even notes that an apparent softening of his views on the LGBTQ community in recent years. But the the Tennessee Holler called for him to take a stand against the anti-LGBTQ uh, legislation that his GOP colleagues are pushing. Uh, it's particularly given that he is the president of the Tennessee Senate. That's the lieutenant governor's role. Um, and he has not done that. So, you know. Individuals and they still have value. In a legislative session dominated by bills outlawing drag shows in public places and targeting gender care for the trans community, Tennessee Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally finds himself facing accusations of hypocrisy. 
after a progressive site unearthed his social media interactions with a 20-year-old gay model, among them provocative posts that were liked by the 79-year-old Republican, including one where the young man doesn't appear to be wearing clothes. When people see these posts, what should they take away from them? What do you think his answer is going to be, Benedict? What would... Okay, that question is so great because there is no answer to that question. No. <laughs> There's absolutely no answer to that question. Well, I don't, yeah. I don't know that they should take away a, a whole lot. In an exclusive He interview. got the only right. correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, nothing really. Like, okay, nothing to see here. McNally described how he befriended the young man first on Facebook, then on Instagram. Among the posts, this close-up of, of the young man's backside, <laughs> McNally responded with three red hearts and three on-fire emojis, <laughs> along with on a comment. Okay, this could not be described in a more awkward way. The, the bet, look, this is why local news He exists. responded with three red hearts and three on-fire emojis, and then an eggplant with some water. <laughs> Local news exists to turn a situation like this into the most hilarious thing imaginable. That's, so That's what it exists for. <laughs> okay, I, we haven't got to this, but the funniest part of this is he's doing this through his official Lieutenant Yes, it Governor is a verified account! account. <laughs> Sunshine. It's just that, you know, I, I uh, you know, try to encourage people with posts and try to, um, you know, help them uh, look man it is perfectly okay to encourage hot twinks i do it every time i go to the bar it's called pulling out your wallet but still <laughs> you're not doing it through your verified account though were you trying to help this young man in some sort of way uh just basically trying to encourage him there was also this post where the man Listen, said he was that's... quote not a whore but a hoe one is a slut the other is a prostitute adding i'm the one that gets free weed for giving then a reference to a sexual act Ooh, what was the sexual act? <laughs> benedict if you can't figure that out by sentence structure alone i don't know how to help you <laughs> i think i got it i think i got okay. it okay and, okay, this is the best part of the interview right here. This is where it becomes the funniest thing I've seen in months. And it was liked by Lieutenant Governor McNally. Yeah. I don't know that, you know, a lot of times on people's posts, you see the name and you see what they've written and you just press the <laughs> button that says like. So, so, so you didn't read uh, that post? I don't recall reading the part about the the uh, weed, I know that. He doesn't recall reading the part about that. I said, I don't recall reading about the hoeing and showing. This is the 2023 I didn't inhale. This is what that is. is okay. Fuck horn, like horn sounding motherfucker too. Like You have to stay silent for the next part, I swear to God. I swear to God, you have to stay fucking silent. But what about the prostitute? I might have I might have read that. <laughs> I didn't read a part about the weed. I but might have read the part about him being a prostitute. Just keep lying. Like, we all know that it's a lie. Just like, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> 
You understand why this was the funniest thing I had seen in a long time. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm shocked you're so late to this, honestly. <laughs> Look, given that all of my feeds are full of white supremacist content, it takes a while for the funnier stuff to reach me sometimes. Okay. You know oh. what? Because I okay. So the fu- the funny thing that I uh, that happens to me that I'm just realizing now is separate to our conversation. But when I Google stuff from the previous episode, because it's my other, I use a different laptop for this recording. Mm-hmm. All the stuff we talked about last episode that I had to Google is just up. So like I <laughs> I just I I have a YouTube clip of Jackie Daytona saying Tucson Arizona. <laughs> Just, just, I'm like, how the fuck did that get there? What did that? Oh, God. <laughs> Damn it. You know what? I I just remembered what I had planned to use for your intro joke this week, and it was the Clem Fandango of this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> which oh, I've yeah. just burned now by yeah, saying it on the use it show. next time either, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Benedict, uh, I think we're, I think we got the money That's shot. enough for Lieutenant Governor we, McNally, yeah. We got the three fire emojis from that interview. I think three fire emojis. Oh, so Benedict. (laughs) God, I love that so much. Uh, What I decided uh, we could do today uh, to finish off the show and make this a Prager roulette proper was to go back into the the well we've dipped our toes in a couple times now, which is the Prager U TBH history episodes, uh, which uh, we've done over on the patron-only site. I think we've also done one of them over here on the the Everybody uh, show. I don't I'm not sure. We did them as tidbits. I'm not sure we did them as whole. I don't remember. But anyways, I figured everyone would get a kick out of these because they're they're quite terrible. They're quite, quite terrible, including my favorite guy. My favorite guy <laughs> on the show is going to be talking like this. He's going to be talking just like this. No, that's this how ben he talks. Shapiro. That's Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. It's a bad Ben impression. So I'm going to give you a selection. This is where it turns into a roulette, Benedict. Okay. Which video we do, because there are several we haven't done before, right? We did part of the French Revolution one. We did the Russian Revolution for patrons this month or last month. Uh, so the ones we have left that we haven't touched yet, I'll just let you know what they are. They are the Industrial Revolution, which is a two-parter. Uh, we have the American Revolution, which is a two-parter. And we have the Scientific Revolution. Which one would you like to do as you chew on air? Sorry. Disgustingly. <laughs> Excuse me. Give me a second. <laughs> Forgetting the part where I have you on video and can see you doing it. That's fine. Um, I think the part one of the American Revolution. All right. American Revolution. You want to see how that goes. I do. Let's, Let's see. Let's see what their opinions. I, I bet they're not going to be good. They're not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Look at this photograph. What do you see? From this perspective, it looks dark. Why is it sped up? But look what happens when... It's not sped up. No, I know, but why is he... It sounds like he's talking at a million miles an hour. I think, you know, the the guy with the deeper voice, I think he does tend to talk slower than... Yeah, but, like, look at this photograph. That's faster than I talk, and I talk at way too fast. Look at this photograph. Every time I do it, it makes me laugh. Yeah. He should have done that. Oh if he had God. any no. fucking chops, oh, he would have no. done that. Would like, okay, all right. When we zoom out, a very different picture emerges. So it was like a picture of lightning, and then they zoom out, and it's the lightning is next to a road. 
with sunshine on it sometimes yeah. you need the full context to really appreciate something yeah. and sometimes a thing you think is bad can actually be good let's see what they think that we think is bad that is actually good i'm gonna guess genocide possibly yeah a lot of people treat american history like this photograph they oh, zoom okay. in on one particular part and build a fancy frame around it this one piece is what american history is all about but you will people who talk about things like slavery and genocide and white supremacy and the bad things that have come from American history don't argue that that's all that America ever was. There's yeah. probably some who say that on Twitter and Ben Shapiro will retweet them sarcastically and claim this is what the left thinks to everyone. This is what the left believes. But they highlight that it's an incredibly com important component of what America is. Well, okay, it's that, but it's also like, hey, everyone's been taught the good stuff for 250 years. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about some of the other stuff for a second. Yeah, we should. We absolutely should. You will miss out on seeing the whole picture if you only focus on one small part. Or in other words... So, you know, like, if you only focus on, for example, the fact that there was a civil war, and you leave out the part where it was about slavery, mm. you're missing the whole picture. That's true. There you go, Florida. Mm -hmm. You need accurate perspective to make accurate conclusions. History shows us that America is different from other countries. Not perfect, but different in a really good way. But it's easy to take awesome different Sorry, in a really not good perfect, way. but different <laughs> in a good way. Okay. okay. I don't One of the last is. countries to get rid of slavery. Yep, different, in certainly. Good, I wouldn't say in a good way. Good is in quotes here. Good is in quotes here. Some things for granted until they're gone. Like your phone, and your money, and your electricity. And an amazing country that- Oh, I didn't mention here because, you know, Benedict and I are used to it at this point, but there are, like, rapid-fire sketches in yeah, between like all of the dialogue. Cuts. It's very weird. Now, right now, they're looking at a mountain ranch with some dude who's just had his phone taken away, being talked to, but what I, what I can only assume is a lumberjack. I mean, he is wearing a, a red flannel shirt, and, and that is the international uniform of lumberjacks. Yep. You are correct. That provides liberty and equality for all people. What's the big deal with that? Well, the big deal is this thing called history. The founders Ooh, of America wow. revolutionized the, the big world deal is this thing called history? Toward an ideal that all people have equal rights from God, that all men are created equal. And so... An ideal that all people have rights from God. All things are created equal. I could hear those words coming from Ben Shapiro's mouth. I yeah, yeah. I, I get where you're saying he sounds like Ben Shapiro. He does. It's that, like, slightly nasal, slightly raised voice that I can slip into quite easily. Speaking very fast so that you don't have time to focus on any of the words yeah. that actually... Don't worry about what I'm saying. Look over here. Look over here. <laughs> and should be free to pursue life without the government's control. But in order to appreciate the leap that the founders made, we need... So, right... If you notice, if you pay attention, there's two assumptions he just made there about American history. Sure. One, well, the, the founders all agreed with each other. <laughs> four now, four now <laughs> that we're talking about it. Uh, so that the founders all agreed. One, two. The founders were trying to start a new nation. <laughs> two. I was going to go with two that we should give a shit what the founders thought because you know who cares. Uh, three, that they thought that our rights came from God, when notably a great proportion of them were deists. And four... Well, that's still God, just not that God. 
<laughs> it's not the one that this guy thinks it is. Yeah. And you made me forget what number four was. What was the other one he said? Like right after? I don't know. I, I have another oh, one. Oh, that they thought that we should have little government. The government yeah. should be smaller. That's I, also an assumption that the founders weren't just drunk all the time. Because <laughs> Which they all were. They were all They drunk. were. We need to look at what life looked like before the revolution and what ultimately led up to Let's it. Look Today, at it. we're zooming out to take an honest look at man's struggle for freedom and how the American Revolution came to be. Let's do it. I'm excited. And I'm Lem, and this is... Hey, Lem, how are you? How are you, Lem? How are you doing today? No, Daniel. Lem. You would be Daniel. No, I'm talking to Lem. How's Lem? <laughs> Lem it's is that Lem. one. Lem is this one. This yeah. is Lem. Yeah, so it would be Daniel. The American Revolution didn't happen overnight. It was the culmination of centuries of debate and struggle. Okay, I get if you mean, like, philosophically, but literally not. Literally no. Like, yeah. like no. Many rulers throughout history believed they had divine power over their people, allowing them to do almost anything that they wanted, like take their property and throw them in prison. But the founders of America didn't really buy this mentality. Very sauce. Neither did anyone in England at the time. Yeah, we like had a whole civil war about it, <laughs> like a hundred years earlier, where we literally beheaded our king. Oh God, do Republicans think that that England kept the divine right of kings? After you know, like up through the revolutionary do they actually believe that yeah do they think that was a thing potentially i mean the thing the funny thing about it is it went so badly after that that we were like ah should we just bring the king back <laughs> <laughs> and then brought back the horniest king that has ever existed yes charles <laughs> i agree <laughs> charles. no charles the second well oh, charles the second was <laughs> the one i was thinking of See, but i didn't know the name of the king no. you were thinking of well we, we ex correct anyways. executed charles the first Horniest oh. king to have ever existed was Charles II. And I then know Charles III Charles lives up to his namesake. Yeah. I'm not going to say his name, but, you know, mm. it's Charles. It's Charles. Mm. Most of them drew their opinions on the role of government from principles found in the Bible. How do we know? Oh, no. Ooh. That's that's not right. Very wrong. Ooh, that is very no. wrong. Okay. Okay. No. They, they had actually centuries of, of philosophy that yeah. built up through the Enlightenment period. <laughs> that actually guided what they thought about government. That's yeah. where that comes from. Not yeah. to mention the influence of, you know, that whole parliament thing that happened in the UK and all that stuff. Yeah, no, like John Locke didn't exist. Like, <laughs> Literally, every Republican will want to talk to you about Hobbes and Locke and all this <laughs> bullshit. And they're like, one. you know, it's really just the Bible. Yeah, it's all the about Bible. the Bible. <laughs> I'm Lim. It's the Bible. <laughs> Literally... The two most famous English philosophers that there have ever been. You know what? It's also funny to me. Every right-wing chud who is a Rome nut, and then they're making these arguments about the Bible on this fucking stupid Yeah, I mean, right again, here. like, American democracy, Republic, owes as much of itself to classical Greece and, and fucking Rome as anything in the Bible. Yep. Probably more so. Because the a biblical lot more system so. of government is fucking kings. Yes, it is. That's the point, Benedict. It literally says in the Bible that there's a king. There's, there's supposed a, to be a king. There's a book called Kings. Jesus. Well, they said it themselves. A lot. Like, a whole lot. And the guy's got, like, quotes popping up on screen. I'm not taking the time to check any of them, but he put, like, seven up. 
and I don't know if you know this, Benedict, but there were only eight founders. So that makes it a majority <sighs> thought it was all about the Bible there. There you go. ...that they would set up would be deeply influenced by these Christian beliefs. They believed in the value of individuals because they believed individuals were made in the image of God as seen in Genesis. And because individuals are made in the image of God... I, I love so much another thing about right-wing fascists today is their belief, fervent belief, that Christianity in the 1700s is basically a, a, picture, a, a perfect image of modern Baptist Protestantism in the United States in the year 2020. Like well, that's also <clears throat> not only that, but that people weren't these things by default just because that right. was the society that they lived in. But if, if America was not a Christian nation, people would have found their ways to these same justifications for philosophical beliefs with whatever the primary belief system of the time was. Yes, the Bible is a very squishy text. Yes, it is. It's because it's thousands of pages and a lot of it's contradictory. <laughs> they have God-given rights that should be protected by the government as found in the book of Proverbs and the epistles of Romans and 1 Peter. AKA government leaders couldn't just do whatever the heck they wanted with a divine card they pull out of thin air. Yeah, you, I mean, you shouldn't have to render unto Caesar what... Oh, wait a minute. Uh, okay, the world... but also, at the same time, that is exactly what they did. Yeah, they is. pulled the just They pulled things out of thin air and went, yeah, because God said. I so... also... I, I love that... I don't know what year Christianity became the majority religion for most of Europe. I would imagine probably in the middle of like the 400s or something like that. Uh, 500s. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends what you're talking about. I think I'm entirely it, guessing. I have no Italy, idea. I am not a Italy was, like I said was, earlier, I am a physicist, man. I am not a historian. Italy was uh, 400s. The, the northern parts of Europe were later. Probably sure. Six, six, seven hundreds. And for literally all the centuries after that until very relatively recently in human history, they did believe in all this king shit at the same time that they all fervently believed in that Bible stuff. Well, I mean, also, a lot of countries continue to believe in it. I mean, the yeah. the, the the France lasted another 15 years after this. Russia lasted a long time after this. Like, it's not... The two aren't mutually exclusive. Trying to come up with a joke about another czar who should be executed, but I don't have one there. Nope. The world did not practice these biblical principles. They gave people an ideal to strive for. The founders weren't the first ones to attempt to implement these principles in government. Throughout history, most people lived under a king or an emperor. Basically, a big boss man that calls all the shots. None of this... Not realizing that they just contradicted their whole narrative yeah. about rights coming from the Bible and yeah. people knowing... Yeah. Voting and representative democracy stuff. Heavy government oppression was the norm. But these biblical principles sprouted in England all the way back in 1215. The king at the time... God, he's going to the Magna fucking Magna Carta. Carta. <laughs> the Magna Carta was fucking the, the barons being like, you can't tell us what to do. Like, and the literally, king being like, like, come on, guys. Let's next, be cool. The next social strata down were like, no, we have too much power for you to tell us what to do. Oh, That's really, not biblical <laughs> retribution. I really want a TBH history episode about the Magna Carta where Lem explains it. And the king was like, hey, guys, why don't I come up with a document that'll make you all happy? <laughs> I'm King John was oppressive and threw burdensome taxes on the barons or landowners in his realm. So the, 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 you know, the rich people, 
the yeah, rich people. The, the literally rich people got taxed. The people that were often richer than the king himself. <laughs> Barons banded together against him and drafted a document that basically said, You can't just throw us in jail and do whatever you want and stuff. To be okay. fair, you pretty much got what you asked for. Best summation of the Magna Carta I've seen, and I've been to law school and had to listen to lectures about it. That document is what we call the Magna Carta. And although it wasn't honored by every following leader, it changed the- Or any. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally. I mean, that, yeah. The world by showing people that you can actually stand up for the rights of people against an oppressive government and make a change, ultimately, for the better. Sorry, okay, again, you're right. The fucking Roman Empire or Roman Republic showed that far better. Like, yeah. what, what do we... Like, I just don't understand this fixation with the Magna Carta. It's very stupid. It's the whole Western history thing. Yeah, but and, Rome is and, Western history. Right. Like, I but, understand that. But. but think about what they've just said for the last couple of minutes. Jesus, God, Bible, Christian. They have don't to they, they, that don't, somehow. Don't, isn't there something, like, where people try and use the Magna Carta to, like, say you can't Sovereign levy taxes? Citizens, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's We it, talked right. about it when we talked about yeah, those. Yeah, I, uh, I remember. Scottish sovereign citizens who went to the castle and uh, tried. Yeah, they were talking about the Magna Carta. I remember. But before we move on. Let's zoom out. Now, you may be asking, what about all the people that weren't barons? And how could the Magna Carta be any good if it only protected barons? Well, remember the principle of zooming out? Let's put that to work. While it yeah, is true that's... that the Magna Carta didn't protect everyone's rights. Okay, it protected like what? A hundred people? Maybe like 20, honestly. Yeah. Like, they like, <laughs> really weren't very many people. I mean, that may be a slight exaggeration, but really and, like, and just not based very on... many. The inflection in his voice when he said, maybe it didn't protect well, maybe not everybody's everyone. rights. <laughs> I think he's about to overstate how many people it protected. It began the long struggle in the West to limit the powers of the king and protect the rights of people. So when we zoom out historically, we see that although the Magna Carta wasn't perfect, it did push the world further toward equality and liberty. And in, in the broadest sense, fine. Like, I have no qualms with saying that in the broadest sense, but, yeah, but this whole also, zooming out thing is stupid. You didn't it need is. to do any of that. Because also, like, what what if we're like, well, zooming out on the terror during the French Revolution, <laughs> some bad guys were executed, so... <laughs> and look, some of those guys, real dicks, real yeah. dicks. They didn't tip well, so, you know, maybe they deserved it. And set the stage for another major leap okay, pause America it. would make. I just looked it up. It was 25. So I wasn't far wrong. There were 25 <laughs> barons. Well, Benedict, maybe the Magna Carta wasn't perfect. <laughs> yeah, but it did protect 25 dudes. So Centuries later. Fast forward a few hundred years, and when colonists from England began establishing settlements in North America, their constitutions included many of the rights found in the Magna Carta. Also in Hammurabi's Code. That's... I just I just don't think that the Magna Carta was the basis for any of this. No, I don't think so it, either. It it's it's Hobbes and Locke and I mean it's Locke is what and, it is. And like... base here's here it's it's even more basic than that, Benedict. Um, the rights that people demanded, um, they were rights that people wanted. Yeah, that's that's where it comes from. It comes from people being like, oh, I don't like that. I would like to have a right to not have that happen to me. That's where these rights come from. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, well, it, like, it's life, liberty, and property. That's the American thing, right? That's Locke. Mm -hmm. that's, it, that's all it is. Yep. 
That, that like it, you could literally almost begin and end at lock, and you'd have a stronger video than this. Yeah. And even though the colonies were under the British crown. Oh God. Okay, so you remember how when we did the Russian Revolution video, they never talked about Trotsky. Remember how that happened? <laughs> Again, and not mention Locke. <laughs> if they don't mention Locke in this fucking video, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> I'll lose my shit. Let's um, see if they mention... They okay, I, so, okay. Who do you think is most likely to get a mention? Hobbes, Locke, or Payne? Payne. I think Payne. Payne. I, think, I think you're right. I think Payne is yeah. most likely to get a mention. Yeah, I don't know about Locke. We'll see. Enjoyed more freedom than anywhere else in the world. But in 1760, King George III ascended the throne. Unfortunately for the colonists, he and... You'll be back! British Parliament acted like the oppressive King John back in the 1200s. Instead of respecting their rights, which had been acknowledged for centuries, he took away their right to govern themselves and ignore the promises made by King James I. In the 1760s, the British- Sorry, pause it. Yeah, they never tell you what those promises were or have any details about them or anything. They just say stuff like that. No, but did they say King James the first? I think they said John. Can you go? Can you just? Hello, we'll go back. Go back a little. Colonists, he and British Parliament acted like the oppressive King John back in the 1200s. Instead of respecting their rights, which had been acknowledged for centuries, he took away their right to govern themselves and ignore the promises made by King James the first. King James the first. Yeah. I don't know British history, so I can't tell you whether that's right or not. I mean, there is a James the first. I I presume that's to do with. Uh, self-governing colonies but it sounded like they're talking about the magna carta okay the 1760s the british government made laws forcing the colonists to pay taxes on sugar newspapers glass lead paint paper and tea i ran out of nobody ever talks about and that's not to say that it's justified but nobody ever talks about how that was to pay for the french and american war uh, the yeah. the the fuck why am i forgetting the name of that war that was the name of that war wasn't the seven, it seven years seven, seven years war the yeah, French and no. American War is the, it's, it's also known as the Seven Years War, but yeah. Not a fingers, okay. Since everyone needed to use these items in their homes, the taxes made life harder for many colonists and took money that they worked hard to earn. But what was even more important than the cost of the tax was a key principle. If the government could ignore one of the rights list- You know, another thing I have to bring up that none of the people on the right ever talk about is the impact of the Somerset case mm. on the desire for American independence. Do you know the Somerset case? Uh, is it something they teach in British schools? No, they don't teach it in school. It was a British... It's something you learn in law school, so maybe it's a bit beyond, like, British grade school. But it was the case in the UK that held that... And the quote that they always give you from it is that London's air is too uh, clean or something like that for a slave to breathe. It was the case that got rid of slavery uh, within the actual uh, island of, yeah, we've of England. talked about that before. I can't remember where. It might have been on the old show, but I I know the case. It's just uh yeah. I, I remember Not long before, before we declared independence. Yep. Not that long. Cool. It's listed in the colonial constitutions. It could ignore all of them. It could take away their possessions, their homes, and even throw them in prison without a good reason. And this might seem kind of ridiculous, but it wasn't really abnormal for kings to do. I don't know. It's a like, bit of an overreaction, honestly. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's a bit of an overreaction. Yeah, you know, like maybe putting them in prison for, for wearing traditionally or at least contemporary female clothing. But yeah, just put them in, in jail for, for no reason like I, that. I mean, the, the other thing that nobody ever talks about is everyone is always like, no taxation without representation. Yeah, but representation means you still want to be part of the same thing right that's that, not like a we're declaring independence thing that is a weird thing 
they gloss over. Yeah, yeah. I haven't thought about that. Which it, no, it's true. I mean, a lot of it early, a, a lot of the early stuff was like we're just fighting for better rights, and then it yeah. kind of like it representation a, in Parliament. It yeah. all got a little bit out of hand, but <laughs> like the colonists now faced the same problem as the barons in 1215. The seeds of freedom that had sprouted with the Magna Carta were now being uprooted by King George III. The colonists were in a tough situation. They felt the British government was wrong, but they also understood that it would be risky to say so out loud. King George is the one. Dude, I could have be I could have beat up King George. I'm just going <laughs> to say it here on the show. I could have beat up King George. Well, he thought he was like a penguin half the time. So <laughs> He had some definitely could beat up a <laughs> penguin named George. <laughs> Pay me a million dollars, I'll go fight a penguin named George. <laughs> I'll break into the zoo. I don't care. Yeah, he was not a well man. <laughs> a lot of your kings haven't been. <laughs> Funnily enough, yeah. Either, yeah, not all there. Speaking out against the king would be considered heresy, something that kings usually aren't a huge fan of. Never mind. But in spite of the risk... The so the king keeps bonking people with a wiffle ball bat. Yeah, I'm also not sure it are. would be considered heresy. I think it would probably be considered treason at this point in British history, not heresy. Probably. But that's by the, the by. The colonists began to make their voices heard by protesting against the government and boycotting British companies. I'm not buying that tea. <laughs> they hope these... Wait, does he actually... Ha was that a bottle of... of Iced tea. Uh, pure I thought leaf? it was whiskey, yeah. It was iced tea. Yeah, that's what that was. This is okay. Here's the here's the other thing with this is that um, this is all the slogans you're taught about the American Revolution in third grade. No, that's, that's true. But also, like, I like to think about these things. You know, just one step deeper is mm -hmm. all these people you idolized were getting shit illegally, so they were doing crimes. Ooh, so they should have been strangled on a subway. Wait, no, I'm thinking of things wrong. <laughs> they, yeah. Yeah. So, but that's it. Like, you know, we, like, a lot of the famous founding fathers were fucking smugglers at Actually, some point in their life. I just realized I was incorrect because Jordan Neely didn't commit a crime yeah. on the subway. He was just mad. So it's yep. even a worse analogy than it seems. Yep. Convinced the government to change its policies. Things got very tense between America and Great Britain. Violence broke out, such as the Boston Massacre in March of 1770, where British soldiers stationed in Boston shot and killed a group of Americans. On December 16th, 1773... What's that? People, with, people in power with guns killing helpless British civilians? <laughs> and it causing consternation? Wow. Wow, I wonder how that works. Wouldn't it be nice if people still cared about the same things they pretend yeah. to care about 200 years ago? tea into Boston Harbor. You may have heard this referred to as the Boston Tea Party. I'm not buying this tea! Ah! All of these events served to anger both sides even further. Also, what Blue's Clues fucking house are Lem and Daniel in? <laughs> what the fuck is up with this place? Okay. This place's geometry like, is impossible. And also, everything's painted the same color, so there's like shelves with shit on. There's like a globe, and the wall yes! is orange, but the globe the has also been painted orange. <laughs> it's very weird. Further. Not all of the colonists, however, believed that the British soldiers were totally at fault for the Boston Massacre and worried that they had been provoked by a mob of angry Americans. Furthermore, not all of the colonists supported the dump. Whoa! False flag accusations yeah. go way wow. back in American history, it turns out. <laughs> well, actually, uh, it was uh, the, the, the mob had promoted, the, uh, provoked, sorry, the British God. soldiers. 1770 Alex Jones. 
Now, if you think about it, it no, he would just be talking about the Jews because it was just all about the Jews back then. It was just anti-Semitism. There's really not that much different from current day modern Alex Jones. Dumping a British tea at Boston Harbor. Seriously, man? What about the turtles? What about the Many turtles? of the founders were against so the oppressive British policies, but also rejected lawless violence, even if it came from their own fellow colonists. Oh, uh, okay. They wanted a so we, we tusk tusk at the lawless violence. Okay. Man, it is... It is eerie how many times in this video so they far. They tie themselves they have... in knots and are like, oh, fuck, no. We don't want to and, give and them the wrong idea. Accidentally reflected their own bullshit today. Now, look, we're not in favor of black unarmed men being shot to death by the cops. But, you know, this, this mob violence thing, <laughs> it's scary and it yeah. makes my tum-tum hurt. Ridiculous. In a peaceful country where everyone respected the law and was treated equally. But as King George III cracked down more and more, the chance for a peaceful solution seemed to be slipping away. In 1774, Britain tightened its control to intimidate the Americans and took away the right of the people of Massachusetts to govern themselves. <coughs> the leaders of the other colonies realized that if the British government could impose tyranny over Massachusetts, it could do so across all of North America. Delegates from 12 of the colonies met in Philadelphia in 1774, and delegates from 13 colonies met in 1775 calling themselves the Continental Congress, and tried to figure out what to do. Uh, so we've not gotten locked so far, and I'll bet you we're not going to get anything about why they got rid of the Continental Congress and went to the, you know, the, the current form of the U.S. government, <laughs> because the Continental Congress was too weak and you needed a stronger central government in order to make everything work properly. Yeah. I, Members yeah. included... Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, John Adams, and Thomas Jefferson, just to name a few. They sent petitions to King George begging him to respect their rights, but these were rejected and met with the might of the British military. This convinced many Americans they had no other choice but to defend their rights by preparing for war. That war began when British troops shot and killed colonists at Lexington, Massachusetts on April 19th, 1775. Um, first of all, I didn't mention at the time, but I wanted to acknowledge the, the fact that when they were talking about the 13 states, they used a modern map of America. Did they? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> new, they just they just had Vermont blacked out because it was as if it didn't <laughs> exist because Vermont was part of New York at the time. So they were like, ah, that's that. Nobody so discovered Vermont the Virginia yet. Virginia that stretched all the way up to like Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I think yes, yes. Nice. And it was this shot heard round the world as some people say, that brought the Revolutionary War into full swing. But the Americans needed a leader, someone capable of leading a group of farmers and merchants to defeat the greatest military the world had ever seen. In June okay. It was not the greatest military no. the world had ever seen. <laughs> by a no. long stretch. The, really uh, not. How many times did uh, the UK get beaten at war just in that decade? Yeah, I mean, our Navy was good. Uh -huh. and, that's true uh, and we we never really lost wars when our navy was involved mm -hmm. um having said that france's army was a lot better than ours <laughs> well known for being so as a matter yeah. of fact france well known for having the best army uh -huh. and and many many russian uh, sorry prussian and uh yeah in short, UK did not have the best army at the time. <laughs> Nor ever, actually. The UK has yeah. never had the best army in the world. Nope. In June of 1775, John Adams nominated George Washington of Virginia 
to command the Continental Army. Hmm. On Washington's shoulders rested the- Now, they just showed a picture of George Washington with his plantation behind it. And if they would have zoomed out of that <laughs> photo, they slaves. would have seen the hundreds of slaves surrounding the, him. The other thing is they showed him in real, like, farmer regalia. George uh-huh. Washington was a British general, first of all. <laughs> Se- second of all, when they were nominating- hey, hey, who- hey. He was a plantation owner, Benedict. Sure, that's... Different yes. than Farmer, notably. But, fine. Um, he showed up to the vote on who should command the Continental Army in his full regalia and was the <laughs> only one to do so. He's like six foot three dude, just showed up in his full army captain uniform and was like, who do you think should be in charge of the British Army? Yep. Of the American Army. the fate army, of so. his country. He would later write, Our cause is noble. It is the cause of mankind. Washington okay. and his fellow revolutionaries believed the seed of freedom and equality would survive in the world only if the American effort succeeded. In January of 1776, the author Thomas Paine published Common Oh, okay, shit! Okay, we got okay. Thomas Paine! We fucking called it! All right, yeah, Thomas Paine. I'm giving us a point even if they do go to John Locke because they said Thomas Because we said Paine most first. likely, yeah. I mean, yeah. Paine is way after Locke and Hobbes, so... Since... Yeah a pamphlet that electrified the colonies and convinced many Americans that the only way they could live free of tyranny was to declare full independence from Great Britain. On July 4th, 1776, the Second Continental Congress did just that, adopting a document that declared them to be their own independent country. Bam, it'd be cool if there was a name for that. You yeah. Know, like a declaration like a pithy, yeah, of yeah. freedom we should, times they should have done that, good yeah. stuff. You know, they should, we'll, we'll send it to like a, a vote on what the name should be for that. United States of America. You may have heard of that document, the Declaration of Independence. Oh, wow. And those famous five words, all men are created equal. Except the, the ones who weren't. Yeah, the most famous lie ever told. Yeah. Like, that's literally, if I was to write a pithy book about just just how shit the right-wing view of history is, I would, I would title it that. It's the, like a corporate climate mission statement of like... <laughs> We have zero emissions. We at Chevron <laughs> yeah. believe in protecting our climate. BP is guided guided by the highest possible <laughs> sense of responsibility for to our, our To this wor- world that we live on. As equal Royal Dutch and- Shell has God. never murdered anyone. <laughs> and you can't prove it. Don't ask us about Nigeria. <laughs> Although it was a monumental step, to many, this Declaration of Independence felt more like a death certificate, considering it was an act of treason against the most powerful empire on Earth. It took real courage. It wasn't like posting on, on Facebook. America. You know, part of the whole thing where, where the right is always hyping up how powerful the UK was is always because when you get into a fight, you always want to seem tougher by hyping up how big and strong yeah, the other yeah, guy that's was. True. Oh, he was like six foot four, six foot five, probably 260, 270, you know, yeah. had a good, <laughs> had, had mean, me. mean right hook, <laughs> but you know, just came up and popped him one square in the jaw. He went yeah. right down. Uh, is the worst. You are so brave. You are a hero. There were actual. Okay. What was that? And why was that the best voice we've heard so far on any? There was it was someone posting that America sucks on Facebook because that's where all the progressives do their best criticism of America. Okay. But that guy very much—I think it might have been Lem who was in. I that think it was, hat. yeah. That was the best "No Country for Old Men" impression I've ever seen of Javier Bordem. That was Bordem. Go back to it, Javier Bordem. 
against the, that's the name of the actor, right? Bardem. Bardem, whatever. Most powerful empire on earth. It took real courage. It wasn't like posting on, on Facebook. America is the worst. You are so brave. You are a hero. You have to call it. <laughs> like, that's a good impression right there. I think that's what he was going for. <laughs> Maybe. There were actual and serious real-life consequences to their actions. They were all very aware it could cost them their lives. Yeah, because they were at war. Yeah, that, that tends to happen in war. Lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. But ultimately, they believed it was worth it because they were inspired by a conviction that the world could truly be a better place. That the long history... Or did they want to keep a lot of their wealth and, That's and not have most of it. Yeah, a lot of the yeah. leaders were independently wealthy people. A lot of it. History of brutal kings and tyrants could come to an end. And that men and women could be free to pursue life as God intended it to be. Now, obviously, they were imperfect men and didn't all live up to this ideal Tell us why. But when we zoom... I'm not sure they're going to zoom out and tell us why, Benedict. Have they mentioned the word slavery at all throughout this video not yet? A single I don't time. think they have. Zoom out, we see that they were determined to push the world further than it had ever been toward making this ideal a reality. And I think we have had the discussion on this show of how you look at the founders and stuff like that. And the fact that, you know, yes, they did good things. But we should also pay attention to the bad shit. We talked about this and earlier, literally. Yeah, but I, I think one of the, what I was getting to in particular is I think we both pretty much said in a world where people like Benjamin Franklin existed, who was an abolitionist, you don't get to claim you were the good guy when you were still in favor of slaves. Yeah, people. Yeah, people criticized slavery at the time. You can't be like, hey, it was a consequence of the times. No, people were saying it was bad then too. Yeah, yeah. People have well, people have always criticized slavery. And to some extent, the further back you go, the more you have to be like, well, this was a product of the times. Like, yeah. when you get back into, like, Roman times, there's a little bit of, okay, it's fucking Roman times. Like, they did slaves. But the particular cruelty of American and South American slavery, uh, particularly around this time, the chattel slavery. Brazil American and Brazilian in particular. Yeah. Was, yeah. That's, 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 I think, what draws a lot of this that the right doesn't want to deal with because they don't want to deal with the fact that this was such a new, incredible increase in cruelty directed solely towards one particular race that was deemed inferior, which just completely cuts it off from any of that stuff you could get at with Romans and stuff who enslaved people they conquered uh, and had a much different system than than what the, the Americans and, and Brazilians practiced. Yeah. Anyways, Benedict, that's the end of the video. Um, right. This has been fun. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. Sure. I, I I really love that, you know, I really love that maybe he did read the part about being a prostitute. I really did. <laughs> but anyways, Benedict, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC. Become a patron for as little as $1 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early releases of our episodes, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Bobo D. Bear, Chili, Madeline and Zachary Wilson Fetro, Stephen DeBeau, Tori and the Gallant, Amy Kaiser, Sean Sullivan, Lauren S. I love it when Jordan yells out, thank you very much. Also, go listen to NYGBC Podcast. Little Flick, William Patterson, Flack Weasel, Kieran Dactler. Join us next week when our guest will be Father Coughlin. <laughs> 
Henry Lewis King Jr., Sarah Wolf, Aaron Burke, Megan A. Dooley, Gloria Scott, Clifton Stuckey, Paws Loves NYGBC, A Restless Native, A Baby, Wah, Veronica Forker, Melissa C., George Saulnier, Stefan, Shark Belly, Utah Outcast, Dave Barwick, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Mockingbird Nation, Bacaw, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Jay Reynolds, Stephen, and Cindy Dimmick, Taru Takanen, and Balls Waterson. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, you'll be back. Goodbye. Bye. podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.